way that we as a church corporately can go deeper into the presence and the goodness of God's love. How we corporately can experience the Father's love at another level, at a deeper level. And that that's God's desire for us. That's Pastor Kevin and Sherry's desire for us. I mean, we wouldn't be here if we didn't want to go somewhere. I want to go farther in and higher up. Amen? Amen. And it's not a, it's not a, a difficult, uh, or you don't have to be overly smart or figure out some crazy thing to get there. God made it simple that even a child could understand. So let's put our uh, childlike hearts on today and open our hearts. on. And I want to share something that's been on my heart for several, uh, actually several months lately. And, uh, and it's, it's one word, and it's wrapped around the word thanks. So today's message is around thanks. And, you know, Pastor Kevin was traveling before Canadian Thanksgiving, and he was in Texas. And I said, Pastor Kevin, are you going to be back in time to... Uh, for Thanksgiving service. And he goes, actually, I am. I fly in on a Friday, I think, and I'll preach on Sunday. I said, well, you know, if no one's there to preach, I'll cover that one for you because I have a topic for, for Canadian Thanksgiving. And he laughed because he knew Thanksgiving would be the topic. But So I just tucked that message away, and then he ended up being gone this trip for Nicaragua. And then I, I saw online all these pastors were talking about the power of Thanksgiving, and I thought, wow, the Holy Spirit's really moving in my life. I'm right in tune with the top pastors, you know, and all this. And then I realized that, you know, American Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And these pastors were American. And then I realized I'm American, so what, you know, I'm in the right flow here. We get to do Thanksgiving a couple times around here. So I want to talk to you about the power of Thanksgiving and uh, go a little bit deeper here. And it's a simple topic, but it's so deep that it can radically change our church. It can help us go to the next level of God's design for us if we apply it. So I want to read to you Psalms 100, verses 1 through 4. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Amen? Amen. Well, that is just a fun verse. So we're going to take that verse apart a little bit this morning uh, to, to look into some of the simple principles of how to develop thanksgiving in our life. You know, because I don't know what you think the point of Christianity is. But I look at the words of Jesus, and he said, you know, that I came that you might have life, and life more abundant. Now, when you look around your life, and you look around the Christians around you, are they living an abundant life? Because I don't want any of you to settle for like a half abundance, a quarter abundance. I believe that everyone in this room is set up for that 100, 110% life of walking with Jesus Christ where you have more than enough abundance, over the top. I believe prophetically that's God's design for your life. And one of the keys to get there is to be thankful. Because there is a battle, there is an enemy called Satan, and he's, he's coming to seek and to steal and destroy things in your life. But because Jesus Christ has already got the victory for you, we can enter into a thankful heart. And as Pastor uh, Barry says, we're no longer just cutting the heads off our enemies, we're treading our enemies. 
See, we're, already, we're acknowledging that Jesus already did the work. He is under our feet. And so now we're walking with a new confidence in God, a new thankful heart, that even though we experience difficult times, he's going to be underneath our feet. Amen? All right, so let's start. I want to start with this first principle. Principle number one. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Now look, see the gates there? Those are the gates at Buckingham Palace. That's why I picked this picture. It's a royal gate, and it's not easy to get into. But the scriptures said, the scriptures say, Psalm 100, verse 4, you're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. But it's funny, in the very beginning, it's before it even gets to the gates, it talks about make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands, and serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So I want to start off by saying the first thing we have to start with to get to the next level is learn how to give a sacrifice of praise. Now, is that built on your feelings or is it built on faith? So each one in the room, we get to decide whether we're going to praise or not. And Jess and Matt, they were all challenging us, right, this morning. You just choose it. You choose praise. It's not based on our feelings. A sacrifice of praise is a choice. And we use our words, everyone say words, and our body, say body. See, to a Hebrew person, if we were to say we're going to be thankful and we were quiet, they'd be like, what are you talking about? That's not thanksgiving. Because the Hebrew word is the same word for hand, and so you think of an outstretched hand. So our thanksgiving is like this. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I don't even understand it, but I can still thank you. So with your words and with your hands, with your life, you begin to do your sacrifice of praise. The the verse goes on to say, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, that word serve is more like when we go to work, serve. It's also a worship word, but it means when you're working, are you going to work glad or are you going to, to work mad? Whose choice is that? See how we're talking about choices this morning? It's the power of maturity to make choices. Are you going to work to serve with gladness? When you show up, do people go, oh, my gosh, not this guy again. He's always way too happy. He's smiling. He's a good listener. He's serving others. You know, people are like, no, no, it can't be true. My uh, brother is in uh, Spokane, Washington. He's a principal, and he has a principal assistant. And I guess this guy is pretty happy-go-lucky. And so my brother said, you know, I was thinking about Christmas because he knew our family was going to visit. And he goes, I have this principal assistant who's so happy all the time. And I thought, oh, well, at least for two weeks I'll have a little bit of a break. But then I thought, oh, great, my brother's flying in. And he's going to be happy for two weeks with me. So I will just get used to it. There's going to be happy people in my life all the time. And I get what he was getting at because I would rather be glad than mad. But it's a choice. And I know things have happened to you. I know you've gone through stuff. I know you've been a victim of some some things. I know that. I've had bad things happen to me as well. I have. But see, God's goodness has overwhelmed the badness that I've experienced. It has. Otherwise, I'd be up here like a fake, just saying, oh, just motivational speaker, you know, be happy all the time. No. God's goodness has overwhelmed all the badness in my life. It's by faith through Jesus Christ. Jesus is good. And his goodness got all over me. 
and I can't get rid of it. So I have a choice to enter in. And when I go to Starbucks now, even when I'm having a bad day, I go, oh, great. They're all watching. They're all watching. How are you going to do? And they ask me, how are you doing today? And when they're happier than me, I go, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. I am not on target today. Because they're out joying me. They're out loving on me. And, uh, you know, I have bad days and all that. But they wonder. They're watching. People are watching. Are you going to be glad or mad when you show up? That's a choice. And you have the grace of God, which is favor. You know that grace is built on the same word that joy is built on. It's amazing. Why did God pick joy and grace to be wrapped up together? Wow, the kingdom of God is built on joy. Grace, which is favor. Wow. Singing to God. I love this. In several verses, right around Psalm 100, he challenged you to sing before you come to his presence. Now, I don't know about you, but I guess you got to do this. Let's take 30 seconds right now. We're going to sing to God right now. Okay, you don't get to, uh, you can sing a song that we sang today, but he said you sing before you come to his presence. You see how it's a setup? It's a sacrifice of praise. So you can hum a song, you can clap your fingers, but come on, get something out. On the count of three, I won't sing in the mic because that won't be good. I'll just sing, but just sing a song to the Lord, a new song. Okay, one, two, three. so good. I sing to you, Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, some of you, some of you in here can write CDs, and you could go public, and other of us, we just sing because it's, it's awesome. It's just what we do. We're not looking to make money off of it. But the Bible says sing before you show up. It's so interesting how he's setting us up for success. Sing before you show up. So I don't know about you, but I've had some bad days. And I'll tell you what, yeah, even the last few weeks have been difficult. And it was like I was wearing some heaviness on me. Well, everybody loves a heavy pastor. That's not really the real ministry of a pastor to be all heavy. But I felt stuck. So Pastor Barry sees me, you know, and. And uh, Desi, wherever he is, he sees me. He goes, man, something wrong about this. You know, they can't stand to see their pastor heavy. Uh, so they just start praying and laying hands and blessing. And Barry does his thing in the spirit. And pretty soon I'm going, wow, I feel a lot better. And they come with joy. And they just knock the bricks off, the heavy stuff. I couldn't do it myself. Sometimes we're, we just run out of stuff when we need the person around us. Do you have someone around you? Do you know who to call on when you're feeling a little bit too down? You know, we can do this a lot better together than alone. Who do you got in your back pocket that will show up with a joy card and not be fakey about it, but love on you, encourage you, speak life into you, tell you the truth? Huh? Well, I will try to do that, Tom. I'm one of them. Before you enter his presence, it says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Why do you think we have three worship songs before we start our Celebrate Recovery ministry on Monday night? You know, people come from all over the region. Some are Christians, some are not. 
Some go to church, some are scared of God, and they show up in this room, and the first thing we do is we celebrate Jesus Christ for three straight songs. We don't talk about anything. We just say, Jesus is Lord. We sing and worship him. Why do we do that? Because we know where power comes from. We know that Jesus Christ is our higher power, is the only one who is able to transform a life. And people say, well, that's not very seeker-friendly. I said, really, it is. Because if you want life change, if you want power, then put Jesus in the center. And that's what we do every Monday night. So we choose to bring a sacrifice of praise because we know it leads to change. So that's the first principle, is your attitude about it will determine your altitude. You can, you can go so far with God, but you've got to make some choices in the day. You, don't be blaming the guy behind you. Don't be looking for the other person. How many of you have been to the new Popeye's chicken restaurant since it opened? All right, not very many. Okay, so I went down there on uh, Thursday or something. And the, the, the place was brand new, so the place is packed out the door. The uh, drive-thru was closed, and I was hoping to drive through with the kids. Instead, I pack them all in there. I order five combo meals, and, uh, and then I sit down and start watching my clock. Oh, no. And, then, you know, everyone else in front of you is going, right? Number 427, and you go, oh, I'm 426. That's weird. Ten minutes goes by. Twelve minutes. Fourteen minutes. 15, 16 minutes. And now my patience level going down, watching all these happy people leave with their chicken. And I'm like, oh, man, there must be something wrong. I probably went up four times in my impatience. I'm just checking on 412. How's that one going? Oh, sir, it's fine. You know, we're working on it. And I should have taken their word for them. So I sat down. I, I kept going up because there's no way that all these people go in front of me. Finally, we get to the very end, and I'm like, Ma'am, it's only been, almost been 20 minutes. I'm waiting, you know, fast food. And, uh, but I'm thinking, Mark, be quiet, Mark. This is, don't blow this. You know, this, your chicken, it doesn't matter. It's going to be okay. Don't be mean to somebody. Don't, it's not worth it over chicken to lose your witness over something. I know you love some good chicken out there, but it ain't worth it. And so she whispers to the girl, and finally she goes, we put some extra chicken in there for you. Sorry about the wait. And all of a sudden, I'm the happiest customer. I'm thanking them and their good service. And No, I didn't say good service, but I was thanking them. But it was a test, and I have to admit, I probably didn't pass that one. If I had to go to the counter four times, I probably didn't pass the test. So I'll have to redo that one. Huh. But uh, it was my attitude. I had a choice to make. And, of course, my kids were watching. They always do. Uh, uh, Tom Snyder gave me a prophetic picture. He said one time, he said, remember, children are like, uh, think of a fence line down your backyard. And what children do is they peek their head up over the fence and they watch their parents. And they study what's real and what's false. So I drew a little picture. It's on my wall in the office because my, my children are always watching. Your choices matter to everyone in your household. So it's a choice. Principle number two is one of my favorites. Your position will give you permission to enter the gates. See how the gates are open there at Buckingham. Your position will give you permission. Who gives you the right to be happy? Who gives you the right to enter the gates? See, only two people get in, those who are invited or family. You know, if you're king or queen of England, no one asks you why you're going in the gates, do they? They just fling those babies open, drop the emergency stuff, and let the limousine fly in. Why? It's your house. See, when you're family, you get to go in. 
or whether you're invited, you get to go in. But you can't force your way in, can you? Same thing with the kingdom of God. Your position or alignment determines whether you get in or not. So if you go in as a child of God, whoo, doors are open. This is feeling good. I'm going in. Jesus Christ invites you because he died for you on the cross. And he said, I will cover the cost of your sin. Now you have the right to enter in. Come with me. Remember he said he'd be the good shepherd. He'd hold your hand. He'll walk you right into that place of thanksgiving and blessing and gratitude. We have two ways in, either by invitation or by family. But when you become a Christian, it says, wow, imagine this. We are now called the sons and daughters of God. We become co-owners with God. And what will really help you get into his loving presence is to know whose you are. See, when you realize it's your father who owns the castle and is in charge of the gates, when you realize that you're his kid, when Sue Hood realizes through expressions of love through Kevin and Sherry that she's God's daughter and that her daughter is going to be okay and that the father's love is going to be covering her. Remember, it's whose you are. Whose are you? Are you your dad's girl? Are you your dad's son? When you know whose you are, you can go a lot farther. You can't earn your way into the gates. You have to be invited. You have to decide, I am a child of God. This is my home. So identity goes first. Belonging goes first. Verse 3 says that we know that Lord is God. It is he who made us and we not ourselves. We're his people and the sheep of his pasture. He created you and I. How many right now can say that, you know what, most of the time I just celebrate that I am a daughter of God or a son of God? Or do you think yourself as a servant of God, which is really good? Do you think yourself sometimes more of a slave, like you just can't get anything right? You can't seem to get a breakthrough. You know, we can see ourselves as slaves, we can see ourselves as servants, or we can see ourselves as sons and daughters of God. And I have good news for you. By faith, you are all positioned to be sons and daughters of God, receiving his unconditional love, powerful and anointed to preach his good news because of who your dad is. So the fun question to ask, which is really silly, is who's your daddy? I know it's silly. It's probably like 80s, 90s humor. I don't know. Who's your daddy? There's so many connotations to that. But in the spiritual kingdom realm, who's your father? Sue's testimony was about Father God and how God used Kevin and Sherry to model it to her in the natural. Who's your daddy? Who do you look to? Do you look to man? You look to money, you look to success. What, who is in control of your life? Because your position with Father God will determine if the gates are going to open. Your position will determine his presence. And here's principle three. This is something that God is teaching me right now. Your gratitude determines how wide the gates will swing open. So the door is open, right? Jesus died for you. And if you accept him as your personal savior, you go, okay, great. 
Now I'm born again. I'm going to go to heaven someday. I'm forgiven. Yes. And we all celebrate that. Now the next level is, or as Bill Johnson says, how big is your yes going to be? I say every gate has a hinge. And that hinge, the Bible said, is, is, is hinged on thanksgiving. Right? We enter his gates with thanksgiving. The gates swing on your, on your gratitude. The challenge is, what are we, when and how often are we going to be thankful? The more thankful you are, the wider that door is going to swing. And I brought this little bag here to illustrate what God was trying to show me. This camel bag, this little backpack, this day pack, it's cinched closed right now. And this is what our life is like when we're complaining and, unth- and, and, and with uh, uh, no gratitude. It's closed. And is it easy for God to add a blessing to a life like this? Some favor? Now, he will because he's so good he'll even do it when you're just doing your own thing because he's just, wow, he's that gracious. But is he, is he able to really pour in right now? But when we start walking in gratitude and thanksgiving, look how wide that is now. See the big open mouth there. This is the picture of what God wants to do through gratitude in your life. Are you going to cinch it close with your complaining and frustration and blah, 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 all these bad things? Because how many know that's fun to be around? It's hard to develop a trusting relationship when someone's like that. It is what it is. I mean, you're not, it, you can't change people. But when they choose with gratitude to be thankful, wow, God starts saying, can I just pour something into your life? Do you know what? God wants to pour some amazing things into this church corporately. But individually, we have to choose to be thankful. Individually, we choose and I've met with a lot of you, and you tell me about your work and the ups and downs of it. But some of you have learned the secret at work on how to walk in Thanksgiving. And you become the minister of your workplace. You become the pastor of your, of your work. Because you've been open, haven't you? Has your done, day gone right? Nope. Is your life full of stress? Sure. Do you have difficulties? Yep. But... You've chosen to position yourself like a son and daughter and say, I'm still thankful. My God is still good. And so God pours right into your lap. He blesses it. It overflows. And then it spills out on all your people around you. That's how it happens. With a thankful heart. With a thankful heart. And the Bible is very clear. He said, be thankful to God first. Don't go run into somebody else. He says to go to God and talk to him about how thankful you are. Start with God. And here's the test that came to me just a few weeks ago. Have any of you had any trials the last few weeks? I did. So the trial happens, and you're sitting there going, okay, we got some choices to make, right? And the first thing that God said to me, he goes, okay, number one, what does James chapter 1, 2 say? And I go, oh, great, here we go. He's going to be preaching the word at me. My brethren, 
Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith procures patience. And it goes on and on, all these fluffy, wonderful attributes of character. I say, well, wow, I guess he's just going to cut it, all my complaining off right now and tell me to be thankful today in my trial. Well, he just cut through like all the junk. He wasn't going to let me have like a bad time and just kind of mope around. He said, no, no, no. I trust you enough that this trial is going to actually make you better and transform your life, so you better just be thankful that I'm going to work this out right now. So I said, oh, God, thank you for my trials. See, the next level of maturity is when you can start thanking God in your trials. You don't fear them as much anymore. You go, wow, this trial's coming. God must really trust me and love me, and he's not going to leave me where I'm at. He's going to mature me to the next level through the trial. He's not going to pull you out and rescue you this time. He's going to take you through it. The, tr- the, the trick is, when you go through it, can you be thankful? My dad loves me. My dad's going to get me through the trial. He knows I can handle it. And even if I can't, he's going to handle it for me. Even if I completely blow it, dad will step in and take over and help me through this mess. My God loves me. See, that's maturity step two. So as a church, we can stay right where we're at and have good days, bad days. Or as a church, we can have good days and bad days, but be thankful for both of them. Then we all go forward. So the next trial that comes your way, you say, aha, I remember James chapter one. Not going to steal my joy this time. I'm going to choose to be thankful. I'm going to choose to rejoice. I'm going to choose to say right now, God is good. God loves me. He has a plan for my life. I'm forgiven. He's for me, not against me. He's destroying my enemies. And I can walk in peace and love today. And the trial's still there. You're not denying the trial, but you're denying the trial to be first place in your life. God's in first place. So I want to challenge you this week and in this season of our life. Let's walk in thanksgiving. Let's choose a lifestyle of being thankful. Not just when good things happen. There's the five areas of life that you can grow in, and maybe one of these areas you're having a trial of. I thought of your spiritual health, your relational health, your financial health, your mental or your soul health, and your physical health. There's all these areas of your life. Which one of those are you walking in maturity? See, usually one of those will be really good at. Oh, my spiritual life is on fire. Holy Spirit. And our finances are in the tank. Or we're so unhealthy the way we treat our bodies. Or our relationships are garbage. But boy, do we love Jesus. See how it's not supposed to be one or the other? A mature person walks in gratitude in all five. And the word bless, because the Bible, in in, in verse 100, it finishes off by saying to bless the Lord. The word bless is from the same word it means to kneel down. So if you want to get increase in those five areas, the only way to increase it is to kneel down before God. And so pick one of these that is really troubling you right now. And you say, God, let's, say, let's pick relationships. God, I'm really st- struggling in my relationships. I humble myself, right? You kneel down. God, you are good. You know how relationships work. Would you teach me how to have healthy relationships? Holy Spirit, thank you that I'm going to become really mature in my relationships. See, you just gave permission, and then the gates start swinging open. God's going to send people into your life. He's going to teach and train you. He'll do the same for all those categories, for your mental health, your finances, your spirit. You just got to humble yourself. 
So the number one thing that's going to fight us as a church is our pride. Pride. We all have a measure of it, but humility wipes the pride out. It's okay to ask for help. You see someone more mature than you in that area, you go knock on their door. You say, I've watched your life, and you're really mature in that area. Would you be willing to speak into my life? See how you just gave them permission? We're talking about advancing the kingdom of God together. It's through maturity. You can all get like 10 out of 10 on these books. It might take our whole lifetime. That's okay. We're not in a hurry. We can all increase in these areas. We can all open up like this wide and not complain. We can all open up and say, God, I am thankful I'm ready. I am thankful because God is good. We don't base our thanksgiving on anything but the character of God and his promises. And they will never fail us. They will never fall. So in closing, I want to pray for you. And think about this list here. Think about one of the, what, what area is just nagging you. And maybe it's been for years. And unfortunately, it's just start taking you out. That's the area you go to God today in humility. And you give him permission to invade that area and take over. And he'll send people to your life, in this room probably, to love on you and to walk it out. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, I am so thankful and happy that you loved me first, that I could love you back. I'm thankful that you love the God, you so love the world that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the cross for us. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. We have thanksgiving in our heart. Now I pray, God, that you would, by, by faith, I pray that it would be uncorked. Thanksgiving would be uncorked in this church. And that hundreds of us, hundreds of us would walk around Belleville and Quinty, Napanee, all, Madoc everywhere, Trenton, uh, out in the county. We're just walking around with gratitude and thanksgiving authentically coming off our lips, off our singing, off our hands, off our work. I thank you for that, God. And Lord, everyone has probably an area up on the screen that they'd like help with. So right now, we give you permission. In our own heart, in our own word, nothing forced. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in that area to turn the ship around and to bring health and life and abundance by faith in Jesus Christ. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God.